Uh, we're continuing our series today uh, on He Will Be Called. Last week, Danny talked about Jesus and He Will Be Called Wonderful Counselor. Uh, he'll be there for us, to advise us, to help us, to be close to us. And today, we're talking about Jesus. He will be called Mighty God. Mighty God. And uh, to start, I want to, I want to take you to July 25th, 2008. And July 25th, 2008 was when I became a dad. And I remember, because I was born, and she's sitting in the bassinet, and I remember crowding around with Christine and some of the nurses who were awkwardly still there. And we're looking at it, and I remember just thinking, this, this, this dominant thought was, what's she going to be like? Like, what's she going to do with her life? Is she going to chase after Jesus with everything? What's her career going to be? What's her temperament going to be? And there's so much awe and wonder, just like, I just can't wait to see who this little girl becomes. And it's easy for us when we're reading scripture, it's very easy to read our own situations into things. And I remember uh, reading the story of, of Mary, Joseph, and they're, they're in the stable looking at the manger. And you can imagine that they'd be doing the exact same thing. They'd be sitting there looking at this baby. And my first thought was, man, they must have been thinking what I was thinking. I wonder who he'll be. I wonder what he'll do. I wonder what he'll become. But it's not their experience at all, is it? No, because Mary knew exactly who was laying before her in a manger. In Luke 1, 31 to 33, we read, You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. This is what Mary was told by the angel. So she knew that this was the king and his kingdom would never end. But furthermore, in Isaiah, as we've been reading, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. See, I don't think Mary was sitting there looking at the manger going, I wonder who he'll become. She's looking at this baby saying, this is almighty God. He is our wonderful counsellor, our everlasting father, our prince of peace. This is him right here in front of us. But I think there's more to it as well. Because we're focusing on mighty God today. And if we go further in Isaiah, we see that, that his character is, is pulled out even further. And I'm not going to go through the whole chapter of Isaiah 40 for the sake of time. But I, I picked out some, uh, some important ones for you here about who Jesus is. He says he'll hold the oceans in his hands. He measures off the heavens with his fingers. He knows the weight of the earth. He weighs the mountains and hills on a scale. He picks up the whole earth as it were a grain of sand. He cannot be compared with mere idols of gold or silver. He spoke before the world began. He sits above the circle of the earth. He spreads out the heavens like a curtain and makes his tent from them. He created all the stars and he knows them by name. He has great power uh, and it is incomparable strength. He has immeasurable depths to his understanding. He is everlasting. He's the creator of all the earth and he never grows weak or weary. 
You see, one thing that we've got to understand around this Christmas time, it's so easy for us to look at these pictures of a baby in a manger and go, oh, he's so cute, little baby in a manger. This is the God of the universe, everything seen and unseen, laying in this manger, this simple manger, yet somehow it was enough to accommodate the God of space and time. That's who we're talking about this morning. Mighty God. And I hope we can really grasp this because I think it'll change everything. It'll change our whole lives. Let me explain because what we do as humanity is we compartmentalize different areas of our lives. That's a pretty normal thing to do. Particularly our stresses and our worries. You know, we're stressed or worried and we go, okay, that's the worry box. I'm going to put it in there. You know, year 12 students, I'm sure you're feeling the stress and the worry right now. And your box is wide open. Or someone offends us and we're feeling, uh, we're feeling hurt and we're feeling pain. And we put that in the hurt and the pain box. And because of that, we have unforgiveness and resentment and we put that in the unforgiveness box and we put everything in its place and it's got its nice organisation and from time to time, we pull them out and we, we feel the pain, we feel the, the awkwardness, we feel the, the, the shame of all those things, all the boxes that we put things in. Some of us pull them out now and again to open them and for some of us, it's just they're open all the time. And that pain, that offence, that worry, that anxiety about our future is just there all the time. And if we're talking about this baby who was gifted to us, who is mighty God, and this is who he is, then perhaps all those things, and I say perhaps very lightly, definitely, we should take all those other boxes and we should drop them in the mighty God box which grows to accommodate everything. Can you imagine what our world would look like, what your life would look like, what the kingdom would look like if all of our pain, all of our worries, all of our anxieties, all of our troubles, all of our unforgiveness was put in the mighty God box? Because I know who God is. He's mighty. We'd be able to give over all of our troubles because he's mighty and able to take them. We'd be able to face all of our offense and unforgiveness and give it over to God because he's mighty and he forgave us and we can forgive others. We'd be able to trust God with our children and their futures because he's mighty and able to look after them. We'd be able to walk in power and faith because he is mighty and able to direct all of our steps. We'd be able to trust him completely with our future. Because he's, he's mighty and able to go ahead of us. And when I think of this kind of surrender to God's might, I'm reminded of, and I'm sorry to do this, I'm reminded of a movie. I'm a big movie person. A lot of movie scenes always come at me, and that's how God speaks to me in a lot of ways. Um, but this movie, it's a really unknown movie named Joe versus the Volcano. Anyone seen Joe versus the Volcano? <laughs> Christine's like, yes. <laughs> And Joe versus the Volcano, it's Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, one of their 17 films. And, um, and Tom Hanks plays this guy named Joe who's very unhappy. He works this dead-end job, he's depressed, he's anxious, uh, his life is going absolutely nowhere. And then one day he goes to the doctor and the doctor diagnoses him with a terminal illness and he hasn't got long to live. 
So he decides that he's going to take grasp of the last moments of his life and he's going to quit his dead-end job. He's going to ask the girl he's been working with on a date, which he's been wanting to do for years. And he decides, you know what? I'm going to go out with a bang. I'm not going to let this terminal illness get me. I know I've heard of this volcano that if you go there, then the, the tribe that's there will, will, will sacrifice you and throw you into this volcano. Random Hollywood film, right? So he decides he's going to do that, but on the way, he's going to live his life extravagantly and he's going to live it to the full. And he does that. He lives, the, he, lives he throws money around like there's no tomorrow. He, he does things he would never normally do because his life is now in his hands. He's going to do things his way. Long story short, he jumps into the volcano and the volcano spits him out and into the ocean. And when he's in the ocean, he puts together a raft with all the extravagant things and trunks and cases that he's bought with his money and and with his time. And he's laying on this trunk in the middle of the ocean. And over time, he, he gets thirsty. He gets hungry. Day passes, turns into weeks. And he's laying there in the middle of the ocean on these trunks. And he's about to die. You see, all of his ideas of how his life should look has led to this moment. He's desolate. He's in pain. He's alone. His plan didn't work out very well at all. And then comes the scene. I like to call it the scene because it's the best scene in the whole movie. He's laying on the ocean at night and all you can see is just ocean and his little raft in the middle. And all of a sudden, some light starts to peek over the horizon and it's the moon. And the moon starts to come up, and it's just huge. I would have put it on the screen, but I can't (laughs) copyright. But this huge, huge moon, it takes up the whole screen, so much so that he just musters all, he looks up and he sees the light, and he musters all his strength, which he hasn't got much left, and he's like wobbling, trying to, to get up on these trunks, and he stands up, and he's standing there wobbling, looking at the moon, and he puts his hands in the air, And he prays this prayer. He says, Dear God, whose name I do not know, I've forgotten how big you are. Thank you for my life. That's it. Scene over. Some of you are here going, you know what, I would love one of those moments. I've got so much going on in my life, so much that I'm trying to fix, that I'm trying to organise, that I'm trying to work through, that there's so many feelings and emotions and pain and troubles and, and everything that sort of compiles as it does in life. Man, I would just love that moment with God. You can have it. You don't need, uh, <laughs> don't need to be stranded in the middle of the ocean looking at the moon. You can have it right now. You can have that moment where you surrender everything, where you give everything over to mighty God. Because he's listening. And your prayer doesn't need to look the same as Joe's. Maybe it would be this. Dear God, whose name is Jesus, I've forgotten how big you are. All of my pain... All of my unforgiveness, all of my worries and anxieties, my mental health, 
my future, my children's future. I give them to you. Take my life. Take control, mighty God. Take control. If that's you, that's my prayer for you this Christmas. As you look at the manger, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, it's not the birth of a baby we're celebrating. It's the birth of mighty God, who's mighty to save, mighty to step into every situation of each of our lives and take control. I'm going to pray to finish off as the worship team comes up, but they're not going to be my words. I'm going to pray the words from Psalm 97. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you reign. Let the earth be glad. Let the distant shores rejoice. Dark clouds surround you. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Fire goes before you and consumes your foes on every side. Your lightning lights up the world, and the world sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before you, Lord. Before you, the heavens proclaim proclaim your righteousness, and all nations will see your glory. Take control of our lives, Lord. Amen.